Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is drive time with Elliot Danker, Timothy Go, and Chua Tian Tian. Time now to turn our attention to headlines out of Europe. And a biggest story coming out overnight, of course, Nicola Sturgeon's Scotland's first minister announcing that she is stepping down after eight years in office. Was that unexpected? Well, Sturgeon became the leader of the ruling Scottish National Party in the wake of the 2014 independence referendum uh, when Scotland voted 55% to remain part of the UK. wonder what this will mean for the future of Scottish independence or who might even replace her. Well, on the line with us is Chris Humphrey, Executive Director, EU ASEAN Business Council. Good afternoon. Chris, how's it going? Good afternoon, Annette. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Very good, sir. I understand you are in Vietnam right now. Enjoy the coffee there. Uh, but let's... Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm saying that because I think I need one. Uh, let's talk about Nicola Sturgeon um, <laughs> stepping down as the First Minister of Scotland. Um, why now? Uh, was it a surprise? I think it was a bit of a surprise. People weren't expecting it. Uh, why now? Uh, I think largely because she wants to go out on her own terms. Uh, she clearly said in her statements overnight uh, that she feels like she's put nothing more to give. Uh, I guess she's kind of worn out. She's been First Minister in Scotland now for almost a decade. Before that, she was Deputy First Minister also for almost a decade. You know, politics in the UK is indeed anywhere in the world. You know, you're really at the centre of things. It's like being in a goldfish bowl. And I guess she's just basically had enough. Good luck to her, actually. It's very commendable to say, I've had enough, I need to get out. Which is, yeah, very unexpected for politicians when you think about politicians in general, Chris. But what will this mean, though, for Scottish independence? Uh, Well, they're in a bit of a limbo at the moment. They try to try and force another referendum. They've been stopped in doing so. It's clear they need the consent of the, the Parliament in Westminster to go ahead on that. I suspect when it comes to the next uh, Scottish elections, which I believe are a couple of years away now, they'll try and use that as a kind of referendum on whether there should be uh, a further push on independence. And if they do very well, the SNP do very well at those elections, they'll probably say, look, we've got a man that can try and push this through. But for the moment, um, you know, they've got to find a new leader. That's not going to be straightforward for them. Uh, they've got other domestic issues to be dealing with as well, which are probably more important in terms of the immediate agenda. And they just got to try and find their way forward. Getting a new leader, absolutely key for them to tell what they're going to do. Well, since that is key, uh, Chris, uh, who do you think are the contenders here for that post? Well, that's the, one of the problems. There's no real obvious heavyweight coming through in the SNP. I guess the obvious one would be her current deputy, which is John Swinney. Um, at the moment, we'd have to wait and see whether A, he wants the job and is going to put himself forward, or in, if there's any other runners coming through. All right, Chris, uh, let's talk about something else now. Uh, Ford uh, says it it is planning to cut some jobs in the UK and in Europe, about 3,800 jobs in Europe over the next three years. Will this uh, be a disruption for Europe's push for more uh, electric vehicles on the road? Well, you know, in Europe as a whole and in the UK as well, there's a big push to move ahead with EVs uh, throughout the continent. European Commission has recently come out and announced that the end date for the internal combustion engine mm-hmm. uh, follows on from previous moves done in the UK and, and indeed by France. Um, so I think there won't be any um, 
lacking of push on the EV front. All the large European manufacturers are developing EV technology, coming out with a whole new range of, of models of cars that are improving the EV technology for range as well. More investments going into to charging stations across Europe. Um, so I don't see the EV push uh, slackening off. And I can only see it hastening and going forward. The question really is, you know, I think these job cuts from Ford are probably more to do with the present state of the market in the automotive industry and companies looking to try and shave some costs off. Mm. It's quite interesting, right? I mean, you also mentioned the banning the sale of the new combustible engine vehicles by late, uh, by 2035, the push for EV. In terms of this job availability or potential, right, is there an issue of skills to match the jobs now that we have people from the older type jobs at Ford leaving? Well, that is one of the issues. EVs are very, very different to the internal mm. combustion engine cars that we're all, we're all used to driving. It is a whole new set of technologies. Um, it's essentially basically a computer on four wheels with some yeah. very expensive batteries attached to them. So it does need different skills. But in the same way, like you know, in Singapore, for instance, the government's pushing for reskilling of people. Europe's having to do the same. The car manufacturers need to do the same. I need to make sure that the new people coming through the education system have the right training and skill sets as well. This requires an all-of-government and all-of-society effort. It's not just down to individual sectors. Chris, let's talk about balloons, the topic of the last two weeks now. And uh, we're not talking about North American balloons anymore. That was, you know, two, two, last week. But now we're talking about Russian balloons uh, being uh, seen above Kiev. What do we know about this? Yeah. There we were just talking about high-tech stuff with electric vehicles, and we're going back in time with balloons hovering over cities and, and provinces, taking pictures of things, presumably. Uh, I, I just don't know what to make of all of this, to be quite honest with you. It's a, a strange one for me. You know, you would have thought military would have had much more high-tech solutions, satellites or high-flowing aircraft. Uh, going back to old spec like this, it does seem a bit strange. But, you know, this is where we are in the world at the moment. And we've had, you know, unidentified flying objects, if you like, over bits of North America mm-hmm. and God knows where else in the world. Uh, I, I think it's just governments and military trying out different things and different ideas to try and kick people off guard. So openly spying on your enemies, is this, do you think, uh, intimidation tactic, perhaps? Like, we know what you're doing, so don't even think about it. <laughs> It's hardly a new tactic. Um, but yes, yeah, so I think it's a bit of that. You know, we're watching you and we want you to know that we're watching mm-hmm. you. Well, they, they knew they're being watched anyway. This is a bit more obvious that you're being watched and perhaps it's perhaps more aimed at the man in the street rather than the government. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the government in Kiev knew they had mm-hmm. spies in the midst and were being watched by very high technology stuff. No doubt they were trying to do the, the reverse in Russia as well. I and mean, Governments play these games all the time, but doing it in such an obvious way, that is a you know, it's a bit unusual. But I feel like we've gone back in time a lot. Maybe they read Jules Verne. Decided to go around the world in 80 days. <laughs> Golly. Chris, how much is this going to feature at the uh, Munich Security Conference? Uh, of course, uh, we're expecting world leaders to attend the conference ahead of the anniversary of uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, it's probably going to dominate the conversations as well. Would balloons be a part of it? I think both those issues will be a part of it. I'm sure the Ukraine invasion by Russia will be the predominant issue being discussed at the time. But also these new uh, instances we've had of these balloons spying and other aircraft spying, they're bound to come up at the conference. It's unavoidable. Mm. Um, And um, there may be some other issues as well, other tensions elsewhere in the world, perhaps things with Iran 
in the Middle East. But I think, you know, Ukraine war will be the absolute dominant issue, number one, two and three. And then maybe these, these spy balloon things, maybe putting the next few slots down the list. All right, then. We've been speaking with Chris Humphrey, Executive Director, EU ASEAN Business Council. Chris, I do appreciate your time this afternoon. You take care and uh, have a great Thursday evening, yeah? Brilliant. Thanks so much indeed. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.